Get your Bibles, go to Proverbs chapter 4. I don't know whether they even got, there they did it. Look at that. Those guys are sharp. Guard your what? Your heart. We've been talking on Sunday morning about who you are in Christ, who you are. We're going, we're not getting off of it until we get you thoroughly rooted in who you are. So I wanted you to open up this scripture. Um, what did I just say to you? Proverbs, Proverbs. <clears throat> Matter of fact, let me go over there because I want to read it out of my Bible. Not, I don't have a phone up here. Never mind. Paul didn't have a phone. Jesus didn't have a phone. I know y'all are looking at me like a dog in a newborn. I've never had to plug it in and charge it. I can't read my Bible. It went dead. <laughs> All the young people are looking at me going, shut up. Proverbs 4.20. Look at a powerful scripture. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them, the word of God, in the midst of your heart. Their life to those that find them and health to all your flesh. That's the greatest medicine on the earth. That will work 100% of the time. Because God made your body, the doctor did not. <clears throat> Keep your heart with all diligence. Out of it spring the issues of your life. It was powerful, powerful statement. That's a powerful statement. Listen to this. When you think about your heart, we're not talking about the pump. We're talking about the man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in a body. You are a spirit, and you have a soul. When you die, your body will stay here. Spirit and soul will go to be with the Lord. That's the real you. That's the real you. Your body is not you. It's the house you live in. God thinks so much of it, he's going to leave it here. <clears throat> so we can do a little better than that thing. And out of it, your heart, not out of your head, not out of your education, not out of your career. Let me make a statement to you, and I want you to think real deep about what I'm fixing to say. Everything the world tells you is not wrong. It's just not true. You say, wait a minute, that's a contradiction. No, there's facts and there's truth. We're not talking about facts. <clears throat> it is important for you to study in school. The natural side of your life is important. It is not muy importante. It is not number one. Never has been, never will be. Unless a person, a human, has a right heart, your education means nothing. Everything you'll learn naturally will not give you the life you've been looking for. It's, it doesn't have the ability to do it. Because your life is more spiritual than it is natural. Amen. 
And so your heart is spiritual. So he didn't say guard your mind. He didn't say guard your checkbook. He didn't say get a guard dog. He said guard your heart. Out of your heart are the issues of your life. That means that if you want change, it's going to happen inside first, not around you first. All the problems that you're dealing with are not your problem. People create it. Thank you. Because you spent too much time trying to fix the natural side of you. But God said, God, I mean, who's he that we would even listen to what he had to say? Guard your what? Your heart. That is the reason why you want to watch who you date. Don't let them break it. There's people with broken hearts. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel and those who have broken hearted. There's a lot of people who have broken hearts. It is the, probably the number one reason for sickness. Because you get around people and they just, they just trash you out and destroy you. And we live in, we live in a, the world that's not exactly totally godly. I know you all know that. But he said, you put a guard on your heart out of it and it alone are the issues of your life. That's where the health comes from. That's where healing comes from. That's where prosperity comes from. That's where joy comes from. And everything I just said is spiritual, not natural. It is good preaching. I want you to think about that for a minute. Because you can get, you, no matter where you are right now, you can fix the problem. <clears throat> Some of you have worked so hard on your spouse. Stop. They're not changing. They're like their mother and father. They already are messed up. You just, now maybe not, maybe not totally. Don't look at them right now. Don't poke them in the ribs. You, you, you may figure it out by now. You're not changing people. They have a will. Even God can't change some people. You certainly aren't. If they're not obeying God, they don't obey you. But that's not your issue. That's not your real issue. He told you, you guard your heart. Out of your heart are the issues of your life. Maybe, maybe we should be a lot more spiritual than we are natural. You are a spirit. You're not a body. You're not a brain. Some of y'all are brainy. I met some people that are so stinking smart. It scares me. You can be smart and be stupid. Dumb as a rock. All right. Now I'm doing pretty good. See y'all, y'all are looking at me. Y'all are going, y'all are leaning forward. That's a good sign. Ephesians, go to, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Turn to your neighbor and say, when I leave today, I'm going out and have a better life. Yeah, you are too. You don't get in this church and leave the same. Let me show you the difference between churches. Some churches are lakes. Some churches are rivers. You dive in a lake. When you swim out, you swim out to the same spot you dove in. That's a lake church. 
You dive in a river and swim around. When you get out, you're downstream. You come in my doors, you ain't going home like you came. You're going to be further along just because you walked in here. So don't, don't go skinny dipping because they'll, they're, you're, never mind. I had to wake some of you up. There he goes again with that. Never mind. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. <clears throat> Put on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, though, though you are not all that, you're, you're a new creation, you're the righteousness of God, and Jesus loves you, and God loves you, and, and your mother loves you, and all of that is great. But there is somebody in the world that doesn't like you very much, and he would like nothing more than to kill you, if he could. And he tries. You look like God, and he don't like you. Now that you're born again, he double don't like you. And because you know about the name, he really don't like you. <clears throat> In 1 John, it says that if you keep yourself, the devil cannot touch you. It's possible to live on this planet and the devil never put his hand on you. Didn't Jesus put his hand on Jesus? That's quite a statement. Is it possible to live on the earth? And to have the devil never lay his hand on you. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> out of babes and sucklings, I'll get some praise if I can't get nothing out of y'all. Amen. All right, now let's go on. Let's go on. You're not wrestling flesh and blood. <laughs> That's spouse. Right. Parents. But against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Now listen, let me tell you something. Just, let me just blow your mind a little bit. <clears throat> there are demons in the spirit world. There are demons everywhere. They're everywhere. When, you, when you're having one of those bad moments, you're, you're probably right sitting right next to one. You ever had the devil talk to you? Have you ever had some bad thoughts come up about somebody else? That's the devil. That's the devil. Have you ever had bad thoughts about yourself? Ah, that's, the, that's the devil. That's the devil. Well, wait a minute. You, you know, you just can't cast them all into hell. You can resist them. And we're going to go down this road. All right. And I'm fixing to show you how to do it. And it's not hard. Jesus says, my yoke's easy. Quit making this difficult. It's not, this is not difficult. The greater one, the God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. This is not difficult. Okay, where were we? Uh, let's, let's go to 12. You're not wrestling flesh and blood against powers, rulers of the darkness of the age, spiritual host of wickedness in every place. Take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand on the evil day of having done all. Stand, stand, stand. Therefore, gird your waist with what? <clears throat> Truth. Number one, n number one, truth. Now listen to what, listen to that. You must feel your mind. Now your mind is not your brain. Your brain, you got to put it in your brain to get it in your mind. Well, you remember the rich man in hell? Y'all remember that. The, the, and Abraham said, do you remember when you were on the earth? Where, where's his, where's his brain? It's in a box about, I don't know, 
way up there in the dirt. So how is he remembering it, it without a brain? Quit worrying about your brain. It's not that important. Caroline Leaf found out that you could take a child with half a brain and put them through college if you train their mind. What the world calls it subconscious because they don't know what it is. They don't, psychology, I'll save you eight years of higher learning in about 10 minutes. You're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And you have the mind of Christ. Your mind is your soul. Your soul is mind, will, and emotion. That's your soul. Be more concerned about your mind than your brain. You can go to school and get your brain full. But you got to go to the Bible to get your mind full. He didn't say train your brain. He said train your mind. Okay, okay. Fill your mind, renew your mind with truth, or you will be deceived. If you have not trained, if you have not majored on truth, Satan's only avenue into you is deception. He can't kill you. He can't make you do, he cannot violate your will. God can't, angels can't, and the devil can't. He can't. But all the devil can do is talk to you. That's it. And if you're ignorant, he will whip you like a bad dog. So Jesus said to overcome the devil, you need to wrap your loins with truth. Now, wait a minute, because now we got to talk about what is truth. Well, it ain't on ABC, NBC, and CBS. Because ain't nobody there knows what it is. Quit asking dumb people what truth is. They don't know nothing about truth. And most preachers. Fill your mind or you will be deceived. Fill your mind with light or you will walk in darkness. So how important is truth? Very, very. Now, let me jump ahead of myself. Where, where am I going with this dialogue? Do you even know who you are? Because if you don't, you're deceived. You're, you might be a good, dumb person. Most Christians are good dummies. And the devil says, ah, ah, Pastor, I'm having a bad day. I bind you, Satan. You need some truth. Oh, I'll tell you, you know, I'll just tell you how I feel. Don't care. It's not relevant. Well, you just don't care. Well, that's why I'm standing up there preaching to you. Because I care. But I'm going to show you what works instead of what don't. Your emotions, your emotions are crazy. We're going to do something with your mind, and you're going to have to put some truth in it. Truth brings light. It brings freedom. Go to Romans 12. Number, number two, you cannot, Jesus cannot be a parachute on your back. Jesus cannot be a parachute. You get in trouble, you pull the cord. No, Jesus needs to be in your heart, not on your back. He's not on your life. 
He is your life. Yes. Until you put first things first, you don't have a life. Yeah. Because the devil, he'll, he will beat you up. He will beat you up. And then you'll come in here and go, oh, anybody care? Well, if you'd get your Bible out, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be so ignorant. Well, y'all are exciting. But you're so busy doing stuff that don't matter. Learning stuff that, listen, that, that, I, I know you watched Iron Man, but you don't need to watch it 15 times. Turn the TV off, put the phone down, grab a Bible, and get some truth in you. Oh, that was the weakest amen. Put Romans 12, 1 and 2 up on the screen. Let's go. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Some things you just have to kill it. Kill it. Just kill it. Just kill that thing. Which is wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The word service is worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Your whole life can be changed by the renewing of what? Your mind, and until you do, you'll never prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You will never see it until your mind is renewed. Now, we're not talking about what you do. We're talking about what you know. That's heavy. That's powerful. We're talking about knowing what Jesus did, not you doing anything. You... Listen, the next time you're doing, I want you to imagine yourself like a hamster in a cage running nowhere. I had a busy day. You're still in the same cage. I had a hamster when I was a little boy. I had two of them. One was named Honey and one was named Bunny. Bunny died, so we named the other one Honey Bun. Now, Honey Bun knew what the refrigerator sounded like opening. And you'd open it, and you'd hear, Wee-t! and Honey Bun would close. So if anybody ever broke in our house and opened the refrigerator, Honey Bun would tell us. <laughs> That's free. I don't know what I got off into that for now go to John 16, 12. Go to John 16, 12. I got a lot I want to say to you. This is Jesus talking. And you can't hear it now. When did he tell it to you? He told it to you through Paul. Why? Because at this time, no one was born again. They couldn't hear it. They couldn't handle it. They had no concept of being born again. They were not new creatures. They were not righteous. He says, I've got so much to tell you, but I'm going to have to wait until after I die and leave. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down here and people like the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to teach you the rest of the story. So Paul Harvey didn't come up with that. Jesus did i got a lot of things I want to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Go to the next one. However, when he, the spirit of what? Ooh. Spirit of what? Without Holy Spirit, 
you'll never know truth. You don't know truth because you studied. You don't know truth because you went to school. You don't know truth because you're good looking. Real pretty. Like handsome like me. That doesn't make me know truth. You say, why do I say that? Because I have great faith. That's the reason why I don't act like I'm 70. And I never will act like I'm 70. Because I know the truth. His mercies are new every morning, so I wake up thinking today is a brand new day. And my spirit man's only 33 years of age. And so I'm going to act my age. Yeah. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. I wonder why he's doing that. Why didn't he? Why are we praying that God would give us something rather than to show us what he already gave us? Why don't you want to know what he already did for you? Why don't you want to know who you are? Think about that a minute. That would be the truth. He will not speak of his own authority. But he, whatever he hears you'll speak, he will tell you things to come. Verse 14. He will glorify me. He'll take what is mine and show it to you. See, you already have everything you'll ever need forever. You have it all. You already have it all. What you don't know is what's harming you. One time when I was a kid, my mother gave me $20 to buy lunch at an archery tournament, and I, and I lost the money. And about a year later, I dumped my quiver over, and it came out. I had put it down in the quiver. I had money I knew not of. Some people have a whole lot of stuff they know not of. What you don't know is your biggest hindrance in life. Because he said you would, oh, I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I got to. John 16, go to John 16. Did I do that? Go to John 16. See, anyway, having, you're, okay, John 16. Go to, go to John 16. It's, 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 it's okay. They got it in order the way I gave it to them, and now they're all messed up. Because I'm jumping around on them. And they don't like preachers to jump around. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you in all truth. He'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he'll show you things to come. And he'll glorify me and take what's mine and declare it to you. Fifteen. All things that the Father has from mine, therefore I said to you, he'll take a mine and declare it to you. Sixteen. I think there's a 16, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while you will see me because I go to my father. And some of the disciples said, no, that's the wrong one. That's not what I wanted. That's... Okay. I'm allowed one mistake a year and that was it. Now, now listen to me. Jesus said, if you're my disciples, you will know what? Truth. And truth is what will make you free. He didn't say you're going to... You do, you do anything. You're, you're working yourself to death trying to become those works. 
You don't need to become rich. You already are. Think about that a minute. You shall know what? Truth. And truth would set you free. All right, now, now that what I just said is powerful. I mean, y'all, y'all bear with me because you're starting to feel, I'm starting to feel that you're getting bored. What? <clears throat> Why do you need truth? <clears throat> because the devil is a liar and he can't control your life unless he can tell you a lie. He can't control someone with truth. Now, you would think, Shonda, he can't make you sick. You know why we're sick? We're ignorant. I didn't say you're bad. Ignorant. You don't know, who, you don't know your authority, and you're, not, you're ignorant. You don't know who you are, and you're ignorant. And you got ignorant in church. The dumbest place on the planet is church. Sinners with sense don't go. And most sinners walk into church and go, this is a bunch of crap. And they leave. Wow, that's deep. Most preachers are dumb as rocks. They go to cemetery. Never open the Bible one time. Whole time. Read German theology, what someone believed in in 1500s. That's absolutely stupid. So you know what God does to overcome it? He finds hippies, gets them born again, and says, pick up that book, start reading it, and preach it. And then our hair falls out, and you never knew what we were like. (laughs) Woo! All right. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 now. I'm bouncing around a little bit, but it's okay. I feel like Tigger this morning. (laughs) Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. 16. Paul is praying a prayer for you. He's not going to ask God to give you anything. He's going to ask him to show you something. There is something he's going to give you, but it's not what you think it is. We're spending too much time asking God to give us what he already gave you. That's a waste of time. That's religion. All right, now listen to this. I don't cease to give thanks for you, and I make mention of you in my prayers that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you you a spirit of wisdom. Not the wisdom of the world, but the wisdom of God. Now think about this for a minute. How do you take a man like Paul, stone him to death, and he gets up and goes back in the same city and preaches? He must know something you don't know. How do you take a man like Jesus Christ, beat him to death, rip his beard out, beat him black and blue, shove him into hell three days, and when he comes back, he's normal? He's not overcoming bursitis. And he's happy. Because he knows something. 
Well, y'all got so quiet, I'm so excited. That the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you, say, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. The knowledge. Give me knowledge. Show me who I am. Show me what you did. You're a spirit. You have a soul that's full of mud and you live in a body. But the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in your spirit and it can't get to your body because your head is full of mud. Full of darkness. Ignorant. But what if we could get the ignorant out? Well, I'm going to show you real simple, real simple. It, it has to be simple because God's dealing with us. Boy, I'm, okay, let's go to the next one. That the eyes of your what? Would be full of light so you will know, say no, the hope that he called you to, and the riches of the glory of the inheritance now, right now, right now in the saints. Yes. Do you think Paul knew this? Yes. He got so excited about it, he said, I'm going to pray that what Jesus showed me, that he'll show you. Listen to me. You are... Christ. Does that blow your religious mind? Jesus is not having a bad day. And God thinks when you have one, something's bad wrong. That's quite a thought. Isn't it? Hmm. the eyes of your understanding. God, open my eyes so I can understand and flood my soul with light so I know the hope that you called me to and what is all the riches you gave me when you were raised from the dead. I want to know, God, who I am. If any man is in Christ... He's new, all old is gone. You don't have any old in you, brother. You are not a sinner. You are not a loser. You are not who your mother told you you were. You're not who the world told you you were. As he is. Right now, so am I in the world. Greater is he that is inside of me than the devil in the world. I got authority over all of the work of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm me. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Now, what we're talking about, whether you know it or not, is called faith. Faith in the written word. Start acting like the Bible's true instead of acting like your body is true. Tell your body, oh, shut up, you old thing. If you don't, I'm going to leave you here. Put you back in a box. Turn you back to dust. You, and until then, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. 
if a millionaire moves into a house that was made in the 1800s, within a year, it will not look like a raggedy old house. He will pull it. He will pull up the shag carpet and get back down to the oak floor that was in that thing to begin with. Then he'll get the marble and clean it. And then he'll get the rocks outside and pressure wash them. And when he's done, it'll look like a millionaire lives on the inside of that house. When God moves in you, he goes, oh, this bursitis has got to go. This rotten wood has got to go. These broken windows have got to go. I ain't living in nothing, old raggedy old house. I'm going to turn this thing into a mansion. Listen, listen, you are the temple of God. You're not a barn full of cow poop. You're the temple of God. Some of you look like cathedrals. You need to be a temple. I'm talking about pregnant women. All right, now listen. Once you major, once you major on what Jesus did, once you major on it, nothing. Then go to college, and you'll probably end up teaching the professor something. Wow, that's good by God preaching. When Mark Hankins went to Bible school, he argued with the professors because he had already learned more than they did. When, where's Jordan Morgan? Where's my son? Where's he? He's in the back right there. When he was in high school, he wanted to go to, the boys decided they didn't want to be homeschooled. They wanted to go to high school because they have sports. So he went to FCA. Fellowship Christian Athletes. And Jordan's sitting there, and the, 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 the teacher preacher stood up. And, and everything he said, Jordan said, that's all wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's right, too. He was raised in the Word. He's raised with a Bible. Yep. And he got up, and, and, and he stood up, and he told the, the, the teacher that all of the Bible he was teaching was completely wrong. And the kids wanted to know what Jordan had to say. Because Jordan knew more than the teacher knew. Because Jesus, Lisa had a time in the morning called Bible time, Bible time. And she made them read their Bible. They grew up reading the word. And they walked, Jordan came home to me one day and he said, Dad, are you aware that not everyone is like us? I said, I have noticed that. It's just that you're just now noticing that. There's one thing about being homeschooled. When you step out in the world, it's a strange place. (laughs) I got to tell one more on Jordan. Now, we're on Jordan tonight. This morning, we'll just stay on Jordan. We'll just stay on Jordan, tell on Jordan. So one time, he was at Hampton DeBow, and the teacher there, a denominational woman, was talking about Acts chapter 2. What grade was this? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. So Jordan raised his hand and said, I know about tongues. And she said, you do, Jordan. And he stood up and said, he prayed in tongues for her for a few minutes. She had no idea what he, and she said, thank you, Jordan. He said, you're welcome. And imagine a kindergartner teaching a teacher something about God. You got five years old and know more about God than adults. 
I'm going to tell on Che now. We're going to tell on Che. It's all good, though, Che. Che had a friend in Athens, Georgia, whose mother was an alcoholic. And they were out playing one day, and Che said, Oh, that's no problem. Let's just go pray. So Che, and do you remember the little girl's name? Came in. They knelt by the couch. And Che took off praying for her mother. God, now you save her mother in Jesus' name. And they got up and Che said, it's done. Let's go play. (laughs) That night, the little girl was laying in bed with her mother and her mother was drunk. And out of that little girl's mouth came, Jesus, save my mother. She began to pray out loud in bed with her alcoholic mother. Her mother went and bowed over the toilet, puked her guts out, prayed, and got born again. One night later, the prayers of two little girls reached heaven because they know something. Come on, come on, y'all. Now, they're here, and they'll tell you what I'm telling you is, is absolutely true. You ready? Let's go to another one. Oh, I'm not done with this one yet. I'm not done with this one. <clears throat> Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you'd know the hope of his calling. And what is exceeding greatness of his power toward you, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him down to his right hand of God. God wants you to know about the power in you. Power. Folks, listen to me. Yeah. I know that you're not there. This is not a condemning sermon. I want you to make up your mind. I'm going, I'm going to know this. Yes, sir. I will know this. Yes, we'll know this. My days of ignorance are over. Amen. Let's, let's go to chapter, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. Christ would dwell in your heart through faith. You would be rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend and understand with all saints the width, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. You can know how much God loves you. Do you know he loves you as much as he does Jesus? When you know it, your days of depression are over. Everybody say this right now. God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. I want you to get to where you know it. Allow his love to rule you. You're looking for love in people. They don't have it. They may do the best they can. Your spouse you're, boy, if my husband would just love me, and I, I understand that. If my wife, I understand that. If my kids would just call me, fine. But God loves you as much as he does, Jesus. If you'd have been the only person on the earth, he'd have gone to the cross for you. That's an enormous amount of love. I don't know whether y'all are thinking. I want to be able to comprehend 
the width, the length, the depth, the height. I want to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge so that I, Daryl Morgan, would be filled with the fullness of God. Now, what happens when your spirit is so full and your mind is full? All of that Holy Ghost gets dumped into your body. What do you think happens to your flesh and the life around you when you are walking full of God? Everything around you changes for the good. Everywhere Jesus went. Listen, I saw this the other night when, 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 when Annie was preaching. It didn't say that he laid hands on everybody. They were just in the crowd. And their bodies were healed just being in the presence of God. What would happen if you got so full of God that your body went, ah, and, and decided to just get healed? What's stopping it? Your mind. Your soul. Guard your heart. That's where the issues of your life are coming out of your heart. You go, oh, my body, it's your heart. Amen. You're creating it. The devil's talking to you and you, listen, don't allow him in. Amen. Get so full of truth that he can't, listen, a fly will not land on a hot skillet. The devil ain't landing on you. You get hot. He ain't landing on you. He goes, you're too hot for me. John Osteen told a story one time about two demons walking down the street. And the little demon looked at the big demon and said, let's go in that house and harass that man. And the big demon said, no, we're not going in that house. We're going to the next house. And the little demon said, I want to go in that house. He said, you are not going in that house and harass that man. And the little demon said, why not? He said, that's where John Osteen lives and he whipped me and he'll whip you. We're not going in his house. I want him to walk by your house and go, we're not going in that house. We're not going in that man's house. That man whooped us the last time we walked in there. Took the word of God and the blood of Jesus and beat us senseless. You know, demons don't like being embarrassed. They got pride. And a lot of it. Paul I know and Pastor Morgan I know, but who in the Sam Hill do you think you are? Say, I'm a son of almighty God, the very righteousness of God. Blessed coming in, blessed going out. Abraham, blessings are mine. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm washed in the blood. Let's talk Old Testament now. Three million people had lamb chops and not a feeble among them. If, if you could get healed by the blood of a goat... I wonder what would happen if you got your mind renewed to the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am washed in the blood. I overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. You have no place in me. And don't ask your body nothing. I don't feel like it. Didn't ask you. Okay. Oh, I'm preaching my heart out. Y'all look at me like a dog at a new bow. I'm going, to, I'm going to another church next week. I'm going to go to another church. <laughs> now to him 
who's able to do exceeding abundantly above. Well, if he'd have said above, that'd been good. If he'd have said abundantly above, that, that'd be good. Excessive abundance above. God's going, you ain't praying big enough. I'm praying some real big prayers right now. I'm praying like there's a God that loves me and redeemed me, washed me in his blood. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm fixing to start doing. I'm going to start acting like Jesus is my brother. You know that you are a man of God. That's who you are. Don't ever let anybody tell you different. What would happen if every young man's father said, you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Don't take anything less. Those are powerful words to say to young people. You are too. That is what Paul is saying to you. Now, I got another story. Oh, it was John 8.31. That was where I was going to go a while ago, and I, I got all messed up. When, when, when Che was younger, much younger, she's still beautiful. But when she was much younger, in Georgia, there's a plant called poison ivy. If you head outside of your house anywhere, you'll encounter poison ivy. It is like the state plant. Che comes home one day. She's got poison ivy between her nose and her toes and under her armpit. In other words, she's basically covered in poison ivy. Now, me being a new Christian... I'm going to pray for Che, and God is going to heal her. Now, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I know now. I prayed all day. You know what God did? He didn't do anything. He, he just completely ignored me. So I prayed into the night. I'm not praying enough. See, I'm talking about you now. I'm not, you think I'm talking about me, but I'm talking about you. And I prayed into the night. You know what happened? I was on the couch. It was two in the morning. But I'm persistent. I'm going to pray until God heals my daughter. But at two in the morning, I had something happen to me where I became very carnal for a moment. And I got mad at God. And I told him that I didn't appreciate him lying to me. I have, and I reminded him how long and hard I have prayed all day. And all the time I had spent praying, and he just has nothing better to do than just ignore me. Y'all ever had that happen? That's what I'm preaching this. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, I decided to give God a piece of my mind. Then do you know what he said to me? Nothing. He ignores bad attitudes too. <clears throat> He's God. I mean, you, 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 if you want a lawyer to sue him, they're, they're not, you, you know, not that many. 
If you're a lawyer in here, I'm not picking on you. So finally I decided to try the humble prayer. <laughs> Since the arrogant one didn't work. And I bowed my head and I said, I don't understand. You promised to heal my daughter. And I've been praying all day and you haven't done it. And he said to me, I never promised to heal your daughter. I said, you most certainly did. And I, I, I quoted scriptures from the Bible where he healed people. I talked to him about Brother Hagin praying for people and being healed. I even talked about me being healed. I said, I know good and well with you. You promised to heal her. He said, I never promised to heal anybody. He said, son, I finished my work and sat down. He said, I'll never do anything about your daughter again. I'll never do anything about another soul going to hell. He doesn't save people. He finished. We're talking about you knowing. Jesus, he said, when I was on the earth, I never prayed for anybody. I went, well, that's right. Well, y'all are looking at me really cute. I said, well, what am I to do? He said, well, if you wanted something done about it, do it yourself. See, he thinks I'm a son of God. He thinks Jesus is my brother. That's what he thinks. But I, that's not the way I was thinking. I was thinking that everything that happens is, of, is me getting a hold of God and grabbing the horns of the altar and shaking until God finally gets tired of hearing me. That's what y'all learned in the last church. But that's not true. That's not truth. I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not stand. Go out and in my name, cast out devils. Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So he said, it was up to me. I said, I don't heal people. He said, I gave you my name. I went, Shondai. Hold it a minute. Listen, if Donald Trump signs a check, come see me. You and I both need to spend that. Do not go to Walmart. Never mind. I'm going to come over here and preach. Go open a checking account. And fill it in good. But there's somebody greater than Trump. Because right now he needs the money. He's having a little bit of trouble. But there is somebody who gave you a name. And he gave it to you. You shall know the truth. And truth. As Paul said, Peter said at the gate, what I have, I'll give you. What do you have? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is what you have. So what is hindering us the way you think? Your soul. Put on the mind of Christ. Some of y'all are looking at me like, I, 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 think I, I think I know what he's saying. Where is Holy Spirit? Not up in heaven. He's in you. Why? To help you do what? Pray. Pray. You have not because you ask not. And you don't know what to say. Do that about an hour. Oh, glory to God. You'll feel like somebody built a fire. <laughs> You feel like fire coming out of your finger. How are y'all doing? 
Say, I'm getting it. Say, give me this knowledge, God. Show me who I am. Because if you don't know it, the rest of your life is just a bunch of mud. You're going to do the next week, next month, next year, same dumb thing you did last year. Say, not me. You're not asking God to do anything. You're just asking him to show you what's already yours. You're rich and you're living in a barn. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. John 15, 1. I said last week you cannot act independent of the way you see yourself. You'll never act independent of the way you see yourself. How do you change that image? Are you making it up? No. There's a book that is a mirror to show you who you are. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? If I'm boring, you, you, you know, I want you to write down the names of everybody that's in here. And next Sunday, tell me who's missing. Because I'll know I drove them nuts. Wait till we get on marriage. OMG. Bring your shoe polish. When you raise, if we're talking about raising children, bring two cans of shoe polish. John 15, 1. I am the true vine. My father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it will bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me. And I and you, as the branch can't bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. That's what I'm talking about. Go to six. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. We're talking about sinners now, but don't, don't get all antsy. Verse seven. But if you abide in me, and my what? My words. Not, not if you're saved. Not if you're saved. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. Yeah? That's not what he said. If you abide in me, born again, and my words abide in you, you can ask me anything you want. And I'll do it. Anything. Kenneth Copeland was a 300-pound fat broke pilot that couldn't pay rent on a house that, that was rattled, falling apart. And he went to Kenneth e. Hagen and he bought cassette tape. Well, he couldn't buy them. He offered Buddy his car that was blowing smoke with four bald tires. And Buddy said, we're a prosperity ministry. Get that piece of junk off our property. We will give you the cassette tape. He couldn't afford to buy a $3 tape. But he got him and listened to him. And he began to learn what I'm talking to you. Has it helped him any? Is he just more special than ever? No. The people, Mark Hankins, 17-year-old, platform 
wearing Afro-rebellious teenager in a Pentecostal church who heard what I'm preaching right now and said, I ain't staying here. Now, I've got to do that for Mark, and he'll do it for Kenneth. Now, Joyce Myers was worse. She said she would preach with hot pants on, halter top and no bra, and smoke cigarettes and blow them in people's face. We have a name for a woman like that, but I won't use it here this morning. But she's come a long ways, baby. And it wasn't cigarettes that got her there. She picked up the Bible. Say, me too. I'm going to read some things to you. Him who knew no sin became sin that I might be made righteous. I read that every day. If any man's in Christ, I read that. I read it every day. When I first started reading it, it didn't seem real to me. But I read it anyway. My sister, Robin, if you understood my boyhood, I never wore shoes, never wore a shirt. I put on blue jeans, went to the river and swam like Huck Finn all day. Had a 22 rifle and a poodle hunting dog, a poodle hunting dog. Strange kid. I'd go off in the woods for two weeks and, and live with nothing but a canteen with grits and, and the game I shot. I was wild. That my family got to come home and they wouldn't let me cook my raccoons in the house. They'd make me cook them in the yard. Now, I want you to imagine me getting born again. Now, see, this is where I got my food from. I'd go down the river. Take a gunny sack. You know, y'all know what a gunny sack. You might know what a gunny sack. Croker sack, um, burlap bag. Okay. Go down the river, climb under the rocks, put your hand under there, and grab catfish out and put them in the back. It was illegal when I was doing it. We'd watch for the. Don't grab a snapping turtle. Not good. I want you to imagine this. And Daryl gets quote unquote saved. Everybody's happy. I left and went to Oklahoma. I come to Orlando. By now I've learned prosperity. I'm wearing heart shafter and marks $500 suits and alligator shoes. And My sister comes in, sits on the back row, and she's going, there's a God. <laughs> because of the, the contrast from the last time she saw me to now, what happened? Greater is he that's inside of me than he that's in the world. I quit acting like a redneck and started acting like a son of God. This is good preaching. Wow. Say, my best days are ahead. He said you'd know truth. The only thing standing between you right this minute and victory is ignorance. That's true. Amen. That's it. No, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to repent. You don't have to cry and sling snot. Get right with God for another thousand times. 
Just find out who you are. I'm trying to close. It's 12:15. Lord have mercy. Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you authority to trample serpents and scorpions and all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm me. I quote that every day. It, the word of God has become so real to me that things people do are odd to me because I don't think... When someone says something, my mind, like a roller dice, goes, and scripture goes, and I go, that's not right. Well, you ready to pray? Heavenly Father, say, Heavenly Father, like the Apostle Paul, show me. What you gave me at Calvary. I pray the eyes of my understanding would be flooded with light. I would know the truth. And it will set me free. I want to know who I am. I want to know what you died to give me. I want to know it here. This side of heaven. Not after I die. This sounds easy, and it is. Thank you. From this day forward, I'm going to build on what you did, not on what I'm doing. In Jesus' name. When I first married Lisa, I have a good wife, but she's assemblies of God. She prays over all her food. I pray over the groceries when they come in the house. Bless, bless it as she cooks it all week, you know. But Lisa had never heard in him realities. One day she looked at me and she said, Daryl Morgan, you are not Jesus. I said, yes, I am. She said, you are not. And she was trying so hard to be so holy. And I had to go in my closet and pray the prayers in Ephesians for, for Lisa. One day she comes walking out and telling me what the Lord showed her. I said, that's what I told you. <laughs> Good woman. Good woman. She had, she had never heard a lot of the things that she now knows to be true. And I'll tell you this, if she prays for you, you're going to get something. But it's because she has knowledge she didn't have. I, I'm, I'm preaching this to you today. I'm doing my best to teach you something. Because Jesus says, I came that you'd have life and have it abundantly. And I want you to have it. I want you to walk in health. God wants you healthy. God wants you healthy that's his will you say well I hadn't he done it he did that sounds strange to your ears I understand that once you begin to learn what Paul was saying once you begin to learn who you are there's not a devil in hell lay his hand on you again
That's powerful. Kenneth Hagin's was traveling with a man that had diabetes. He said, you're, you will not register sugar while you're with me. Oh, that's arrogant? No. He said, I don't allow it around me. He said, it was two weeks after I got off the road with you before my sugar diabetes came back. Wow. That's powerful. John G. Lake went to Africa. The bubonic plague broke out. He went and prayed for people. And they said, what are you doing to keep this? How are you, how, why is it you're not getting the plague? He said, I want you to take the foam out of a dead man's mouth and put it in my hand. And they looked at it under a microscope, and it was full of the disease. He said, pour it in my hand poured it in his hand, scraped it off, and put it under a microscope, and the disease was dead. There's more to you than you know. I don't know about you, but I think that's good preaching. Am I there completely? No. But I'm not where I used to be. The doctor came in the hospital and he says, you're completely full of gangrene. I said, well, did you, did you get a wet vac and suck it out? He goes, we did. He said, but you're one sick man. No, I'm not. I said, after you sew me up, can I go home? He goes, you cannot go home. We're going to keep you here for a while. I said, that won't be necessary. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Thank you for sucking the gangrene out, but now I'm fine. Now, don't get mad at me. I didn't have enough faith to do that. Don't, don't, don't cast stones at me. I'm not, at, I'm not where y'all are. I don't, I don't have enough faith to get gangrene. Once you get it out, I'm fine. They gave me a bottle of pills for the pain. Never took one. <laughs> I started laughing and pain went away. Never mind. They put me on an airplane. I looked like a pregnant woman. I had to unzip my pants and take an unbutton off and pull my shirt down over because my belly was like, like I was nine months pregnant. I mean, this thing, it, <laughs> by the next morning, it completely gone down. Next Wednesday night, I was up here preaching. Someone said, what are you doing here? I said, I, I work here. This is my church. He goes, yeah, but you're, you're almost dead. And I said, yeah, that's what they told me. I'm not bragging on me. I'm talking about the guy inside me. And I'm not that smart. That's why God uses me. He'll use you too. But I do know something. I'm going to pray and then we're going to go home. I've already taken 12, 18. Y'all can't imagine that. What Your friends have been out for 18 minutes in the restaurants. They get out at 12 straight up noon. Father God, thank you for this morning. We'll blame Lisa for, for singing too long. No, we won't. I'm sitting here in a room full of men and women you died for. Your church. Your church. The greater one is in them. Your goodness, goodness and mercy follow them all the days of their life. No weapon formed against any of them will prosper. But I ask you right now to take what I'm preaching 
and begin to make this as real to them as it is to me, that it is to Mark. When, he told, when, his, when they told him his wife had a, an inoperable brain tumor, he just spoke to it, and it died, just like Jesus. We have a long ways to go. We're not where we need to be, but we've left where we were. I pray over this church that our best days are ahead. I pray that it'll be a, the days coming when we'll ask for sick and there won't be a sick person in the building. That's possible. That's possible. There won't be a broke person in the building. Everybody in here will be full of joy and peace and all the devils will be in the parking lot because they won't be able to get in the, in, in the place. That's possible. The world is waiting on your church. They're waiting to see Jesus. And they're going to see him in us. And for that, sir, I give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.